the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Hour 2 of the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you on this Monday. Hope you're having a great Monday. I am having a good Monday. You know what happened to me today? Something crazy happened. I don't know why this made my day, but I was working earlier today and I sat down in a Chick-fil-A and I was working there. They got Wi-Fi in there. You can do that. And uh, I had a coffee in one hand and I had water in the other. I got up to leave and I got up and I've got the coffee in one hand. I got the water in another hand and I'm carrying my computer bag, which is pretty heavy, actually. I've got a computer. I've got the power cord and I got paperwork for the show and other things that I'm working on in there. And as I was walking out, I noticed that there were doors there that I was you know, preparing for how am I going to open this with my, my hands full. But then I looked out of the corner of my eye and I saw, well, there's another set of doors on the same wall. And one of the doors is propped open and, and they were pretty close to each other. But the, the side with the doors propped open was obscured. And so I made a shift while I was walking over there and my bag kind of swung across my body and it's it's heavy, like I said, so it spun me around. And right at the same time this happened, this woman comes walking into the Chick-fil-A and I swung right around her and I somehow made it through the door without banging into any, these doors are glass and it's glass in front of this Chick-fil-A, okay, different kind of Chick-fil-A than maybe you think, all glass. And I'm imagining, I'm spinning around that I'm gonna break this glass somehow. But I spun around and I landed outside in front of this other woman. And the thought that went through my mind was, you know what, actually, that was somewhat graceful. And the funny thing that passed through, (laughs) what went through my mind actually was like, wow, I just did a Bob Fosse move to get out of this (laughs) Chick-fil-A. And this lady says, dancers always dance. And I think she meant it. She meant that I was some kind of a great dancer in how I was doing that, which also makes me laugh because... I am to dancing. I'm I'm as good a dancer as Bernie Sanders is as a young Republican. It's just not really part of, of who I am. Anyway, for some reason, that made my day. It made it for a good Monday. And it's even better Monday because I'm here with you. Pastor Scott Show, the number is 888-528-2557. Hey, you know, if you have been listening for a while, about a year ago, we were talking about a issue that has come up over and over again in uh, California. And it's a it's a shocking thing, really. It has to do with human trafficking. And it has to do with how human trafficking is categorized as in California. And it's not actually categorized as a serious or violent crime. Do you know that? And last year, we tried to get that going through the state uh, Senate, and it didn't go anywhere. But there's some good news. It actually has made a little progress this year. And with me to talk about it is Dave Cox. Dave Cox is the chief operating officer at Zoe International. And uh, Dave, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 
Hi, Pastor Scott. It is great to be with you again. Dave, it's great to be with you. And uh, you've got some good news. Can you explain what's happening in our state and the very odd classification of of human trafficking? And um, give us your background first at uh, what you do and uh, why you're involved in this subject. Sure. Uh, I'm the chief operating officer of Zoe International, and Zoe has been combating child trafficking for 20 years. And our, our work started in Thailand 20 years ago, but now we have a footprint in five nations. Our headquarters is here in the U.S., in L.A. area. And um, we have an East and West Coast uh, operations that we have running. And the fact is, it's a over $49 billion industry. That's human trafficking. It's over $49 billion worldwide. And uh, people are still being bought and sold for sex and labor. And out of all the victims, 25% of those are children. And that's been Zoe International's focus. So we do prevention, rescue, restoration. It's a great organization, and I'm I'm so grateful that you are a part of that. You can find the website if you're interested. It's gozoe.org, right? G-O-Z-O-E uh, dot org, yeah. G-O-Z-O-E. I, I don't think I knew how to spell Zoe till I was maybe 46, but uh, Z, <laughs> Z-O-E. So tell us about the this interesting thing in the state, and this is shocking. Yeah. Every time I think that we bring this up, it's a very shocking thing. How is human trafficking considered uh, with respect to how crime is considered in California? Yeah, in California, currently, the selling of people for sex or labor, it's defined as a non-serious crime, which means you could sell a child 10 to 15 times a day, make thousands of dollars on that child, and they're usually beaten, raped um, by their trafficker, but they're raped 10 to 15 times a day by uh, sex buyers. And this is still classified as a non-serious crime in California, which has, you know, if, if a crime is considered serious under California law or violent under California law, it is classified as a strike, which is a, a higher sentencing. And it comes with subsequent um, stronger sentencing for every violation. So if you get a second strike in California, they double your sentence. Three strikes, it's 25 to life. And currently, because human trafficking is not serious, we find cases where traffickers are getting out really quickly in California, and consequently, the kids and other adult victims are afraid to testify. You know, it is shocking to, to hear this. And I mean, I think that if you were to ask people, they would say, well, of course, it's a serious crime. But we're talking about the legal designation and how it affects the the trials and the sentencing and the victims. Correct. Um, It's it's complete. It's a classification. Uh, For example, robbery. That's a serious crime. Yeah. If you use force or fear, you walk up, you punch somebody, you grab their wallet. That's a serious crime in California. But um, yeah, because human trafficking isn't considered that uh, you could sell a kid month after month. And that's considered non-serious in California. That is, uh, it's a shocking thing. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Dave Cox from uh, Zoe International. And last year, I had you on a few times, and we talked about a Senate bill that was in committee, and it was all about this. It was about making human trafficking into, according to California law, a serious and violent felony. And it seemed like such an obvious thing that should happen, and yet it couldn't get moved out of committee. People voted against making that change. Right. It did not get traction last year. We couldn't get 
uh, enough basic votes for um, the first committee that it had to pass, which is the Public Safety Committee. It's five senators, um, and you have to get a majority of senators to thumbs up the vote uh, in order to move the bill forward. But they didn't move it forward, and their arguments against it is their fear was that victims could be classified as a perpetrator, where in trafficking, I mean, the topic of human trafficking is crazy. People don't realize it's happening here in L.A., mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of trafficking that's actually taking place. But some of the victims um, are required, like the trafficker forces victims to groom or uh, solicit others to do human trafficking as well. And so the fear uh, for those who oppose the law is that victims will um, have harsher punishments themselves. So the bill that went through this year took the word serious out of, I mean, the word violent out of it, because there is um, an exception within California law that if you are a victim of human trafficking, your record can be expunged if Mm. you've been involved at all. And that protects the victims because uh, uh, traffickers are brutal. Uh, They'll use force, fear, coercion, and these victims uh, get involved as well, too. So California law protects it, um, but not if they have um, any violence uh, with the crimes they've committed. So the bill they put forth this year um, took the word violent out of it, which answers the concern for those who had a fear that victims would be wrapped up in prosecution as well. And so they answered a concern. Do we feel like uh, that was a legitimate concern, or is that a concern that's put forward just to give an excuse for voting no on changing this definition? This is a, I know that's a political question, but sure. I'm yeah. so shocked, honestly, that that everybody isn't working hard to make this uh, clear or that everybody hasn't been up until well, now. Well, yeah. It, I mean, it's really shocking. I think I think there is some concern. There um, were some victims of human trafficking that had that concern. And Senator Grove, who worked on this bill, um, really heard that and readdressed it. But the the reality is, victims were not getting prosecuted for this crime. Yeah, very rarely. And if it like law enforcement understands that, and they're targeting the true traffickers that are that are trafficking um, the daughters of our city, and that's who they're going after. Um, the other pushback on it is there's just a, a sense that incarceration is never the answer. So there's some people who are just philosophically opposed. Uh, to any sense of punishment, um, and they'll say it's not the defendant's fault, it's society's fault, um, but therefore the victim gets overlooked. Um, right. Or the other argument is they think it would disproportionately affect black and brown people, um, people of color, uh, as uh, you know, as traffickers and getting sentenced for that. But the that's misstating the issue as well too because the majority of the victims that we're recovering here in la are minorities right and uh the victims are what have been getting overlooked so there's been a lot of you know california is very much um moved in a moved in the direction of decriminalization so any bill that would come forth giving a harsher sentence it is hard to move it forward but um, we've seen great traction over the last uh, two weeks here. So let's talk about that. So last year this failed, and uh, it was just a incredibly frustrating. It's come back up now. Senator Shannon Grove, I believe she's the one putting it forward. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Okay, so she's put forward. It's called SB 14, Senate Bill 14, mm-hmm. SB 14, and it was in the Senate Public Safety Committee. And uh, we got a different result this year. Tell us about how this came about. And tell us, um, 
you know, what there was a moment you were telling me about that was particularly shocking, but in a positive way. So tell us a little bit about this yeah. process and uh, and what happened this year up to this point. So the bill had to go before the Public Safety Committee again. And there are several people that were on this committee from last year who opposed the bill. So we knew um, it may still have a lot of philosophical pushback um, getting this bill through. But uh, one thing that you can do is you can watch these hearings online live. And our team was watching it uh, here in L.A. Mm -hmm. And we saw that room full of representatives of nonprofits, victims of human trafficking, law enforcement agencies from around the state. The showing was huge. And then the phone lines opened up. And people could call in and voice their support. And you basically say your name and what city you're from and that you're behind the bill or not behind the bill. And sometimes they'll get five or six phone calls. The phone calls were overwhelming. Uh, it flooded the phone lines. They, We know a lot of people who couldn't get through. Well over 100 people called in. Hmm. It seemed like they may have just stopped taking the calls because they were all for pushing it forward. And the shocking part was when they did the vote, um, it seemed like one senator was voicing a reason against uh, supporting it. But midway through her conversation, she said, but based on the changes that Senator Grove made, um, I'll push the bill through. And we got a five to zero vote. So the bill now has bipartisan support um, and is making its way through the Senate. It's uh, that is great news. And I, I want people to really hear this because of a couple things we often ask on our program when these things come up. We ask people to call their senator to to just take a moment to write or call and voice your opinion on matters like this. And here we're seeing where that made a difference. Huge difference. In fact, when they heard calls from L.A., from from what I was hearing, um, the fact that people are calling from Los Angeles made a huge impact. And so many people who called uh, stated that, and that made a difference. So I'm sure some of your callers are the people who called in. And um, a lot of people get discouraged that can't see any change. But, you know, for us, we know we put this in God's hands. We just feel like this is, you know, Zoe, it's the Greek word for life. We've been bringing the life of Jesus for over 20 years, and we know ultimately it's him. And we don't really jump into most political issues, but this directly relates to our our mission. Mm. This is for kids. Kids are getting trafficked in our cities and somebody has to say something. And the people of L.A. and the state spoke up and now it has bipartisan support. That is uh, fantastic news. My guest is Dave Cox from Zoe International. And we're talking about SB Senate Bill SB 14 here in uh, California. And it's a human trafficking bill. And what it will do is it will change the way that human trafficking is classified in California so that it will be a serious crime. And, uh, you know, if you're just joining us, you heard that correctly, that currently in California, human trafficking is not considered to be a serious crime. And unfortunately, obviously, people think it's serious, but from a legal perspective, from the from the mechanics of how this works, it's not considered a serious crime. And that is ridiculous. And it has been tied up kind of in, like you said, the politics of we don't want to increase sentences and there's a whole lot. But maybe people are seeing through this on both sides. It's not it, this should not be a partisan issue one way or another. Right. It's about kids. I think everybody could rally behind kids and the kids of our city are being hurt and our state are being hurt. And we should all stand together on that. We should. 
Uh, if you'd like to call in and uh, ask a question of Dave Cox, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Dave, what should we be aware of with respect to human trafficking right here in uh, Los Angeles and Southern California, really all of California, but you know, what are some things that maybe people don't realize that are true about human trafficking? Um, yeah, you, I think one, human trafficking is more present and real than most people would guess. And I think there's still a lot of misconception about um, what trafficking looks like. And uh, we all picture, you know, when I grew up, I remember hearing about the white van, the watch out for the white right, van. Right, the, the creepy white yes, van. <laughs> right, they're going right. to snap, they're going to grab, they're going to leave. And honestly, those do happen, but they're fewer and far between um, than a trafficker who really um, targets victims. Uh, if you ever watched a lion, like on one of those safari shows, and they look at a herd of animals and there's a one herd animal that pulls away from the pack, that's exactly what a trafficker does. They look for um, a victim that's isolated, lonely, and often online. Most trafficking, they're going to solicit online. Hmm. And they look for vulnerable people. I'll tell you a story. There's uh, one girl who was 17, um, and this happens all the time, so you couldn't even know which girl I'm talking about on this one. But here's an example of how they operate. 17-year-old girl, had a great family, um, great mom, and but was just arguing with mom, so felt disconnected, uh, venting online. Well, one of the people she followed instant messaged her. So an influencer who had a huge following tells her how beautiful she is, starts saying all the things that she wishes somebody would say to her, and he's saying all the right things. He notices her, invites her to a private party, sends a fancy car to pick her up. She goes to a party. The next thing you know, she's doing things she never thought she would do, and she's getting uh, – someone's paying for that, but they're paying money to the trafficker, uh, who she thought was just a, an influencer online, was actually a trafficker, and he had multiple girls he was trafficking, and I was part of a, a LAPD sting where this girl was recovered through that. But she was trafficked online. Mm. It, she was groomed online. You know, parents, we have to know that the creepy white van that we were always warned about as kids, it's virtual, the creepy white van today. It's, right. It's online and kids. And this happens all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. Um you know, I between us and another organization, you know, we, we take care of kids here in L.A. Um, I'm aware of close to, well, it's over 450 kids last year alone were cared for who were commercially sexually trafficked in L.A. last year. That's how much it's going on here. Wow. Uh, my guest is Dave Cox from Zoe International, 888-528-2557. i got a question here from Cindy in Valley Village. Cindy, uh, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. We're with Dave Cox. Go ahead. Yes, hi. I remember just a couple years ago, um, they were warning parents at, at a really nice park um, in Valley Village saying there's this van and and uh, they're they're go- targeting teenagers for the trafficking, and I'm thinking, what? You know, and 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 then what actually happened was um, they're they're really smart. I, I loved how I just heard I, about the the virtual, uh, you know, online. I would have not even thought that, but um, 
the the guy said uh, uh, to them, "Oh, I've got these used video games," and and the kids were smart. The, the boys went and they told the people at the office, you know, at the park's office, it was Beeman Park. The police came and luckily the kids were smart because, you know, boys like uh, PlayStation games. So, yes, this is going on. Two mm-hmm. incidents. And I'll tell you, okay, here's my question. Why is this not considered kidnapping? You take someone's child, they are kidnapped without their force. I, as a parent, would try to find an attorney to be like, you kidnapped my child. You are a kidnapper. You're going away for life. How can this not happen? That's a great question, Cindy. Dave, how is it not kidnapping? Thank you for calling, Cindy. How is it not kidnapping? Well, a situation where she's talking about if they lure a kid and they snatch him, take him in a van and drive away, that's kidnapping. Mm. That's a kidnapping. What What I was describing is somebody who's inviting somebody to a party, offering to pick them up. She's willingly going. And I'll even go further. This child that was recovered by LAPD, when uh, she was being debriefed, she didn't even realize she was being trafficked. She didn't even realize she was the victim at the time. Mm. She was getting nice clothes, um, going out to nice dinners. She knew she was being with all these men, and it stopped from just being at parties. Now she's going to hotels. But she had no idea that there's other women being trafficked by this gentleman, that he didn't have her best interest in mind. She didn't even recognize she was a victim yet. And, you know, we get victims all the way on that side of the spectrum to other ones who are, they want out, they're terrified, uh, they've been beaten. We've had to help relocate families uh, where their homes been shot at by traffickers. Um, so it, you know, sometimes it gets really violent. Yeah. Uh, they're branded. We've I've seen a kid who's been branded with a barcode on the back of her neck, um, like a piece of property. This is happening uh, everywhere in Southern California. Yeah. Dave, I got to take a break. Can you stay with us yep. through the break? Sure. All right. When we come back, I want to ask you about. Uh, there was a story last week um, about what's happening with child migrant smuggling and what you know about that. We'll talk about that when we come back, and we'll take your calls if you've got calls for Dave Cox. He is Dave Cox from Zoe International. We're talking about human trafficking, and we'll let you know how you can help out as the process um, unfolds in California to to redesignate human trafficking as a serious crime in California. Where currently it's not designated as a serious crime. We'll talk about that more when we come back. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. As part of Operation Artemis, I was deployed to the Pomona Fairplex Emergency Intake Site in California to help HHS, Office of Refugee Resettlement, reunite children with sponsors in the United States. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead, I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. That was Health and Human Services 
whistleblower. Her name is Tara Lee Rodas, 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 or Rodas. And she uh, gave testimony in front of Congress last week about what she experienced in trying to find homes and placement for these children who are coming across the border, the unaccompanied minors. And she testified that she thought she was doing something really good, that this was something that was really important, that she felt moved to do this, compassion for these kids, and wanted to make sure that they had care. And what she discovered, the way she puts it, is that the United States government, she says, is because of our policies with the border, part of a what she called a sophisticated network of child migrant smuggling into forced labor and other forms of slavery, sex slavery, and human trafficking here in the United States. With me talking about this issue and how important it is here in California and the country is Dave Cox. Dave Cox is the chief operating officer from Zoe International, a Christian organization that deals with child uh, human trafficking. Dave, uh, welcome back after the break. Um, You know, she is uh, accusing the government of basically not paying attention to what's happening with these uh, unaccompanied minors that come across the border. And she's saying that they're they're getting trafficked in huge numbers. Is she correct? Is this something that you've seen? Well, the information she's sharing, it's really hard to get accurate information. Um, Mm. But I do know that it's happening. So that's why her testimony is very compelling. She's obviously been in a position to see things that most people can't see. All I can say for sure that I know is, I mean, the most of the cases we're getting here in L.A., there's so much trafficking just of kids within our city. We're seeing so much of that with current victims. But I know there's cases um, of international trafficking that have been have gone through full prosecution. And kind of the M.O. for that is, you know, it's a struggling family or a vulnerable victim uh, across the border, um, whether El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, um, The child then gets sent to the southern border unaccompanied. The child's told not to carry any ID. The child's then instructed to use a false name. The child departs, usually like the cases I'm familiar with, they depart Reynosa, Mexico, and then illegally cross into McAllen, Texas. And then the child will give a contact name here in the U.S. In the cases I know of, they went to L.A. That's how they got prosecuted by LAPD. And these were both cases I'm familiar with. Uh, They're child victims, and uh, the traffickers ended up getting prosecuted. But, man, it's really, really hard to get those cases to come forward. Mm. And, you know, I know there's another huge one in that went through full prosecution, and this is in New York City. Um, It was happening in Queens, and the prosecution finalized. case started in 2017, the prosecution and sentencing happened in February of 2022. Um, five uh, people were prosecuted, and I think they each got between uh, 20 and 39 years um, in prison. It was a really serious case. And the only way this came out, there was a lot of kids being trafficked. The only way is there was a 14-year-old girl who was always told, if you say anything, we're going to kill your family back at home. Well, she ended up getting away, and she notified the authorities which started the whole investigative process back in 2017, and it led to prosecution. So are there cases? For sure there's cases. And um, because there's so the numbers are so high, uh, um, it's likely there's a lot of victims of trafficking coming across the border. 
you know, it's uh, once again, when we hear this, it's a, a shocking thing. And I want to bring us back to what's happening in California with the law, because this will help a lot. Yeah. In California, if you just joined us, a very strange thing is that human trafficking is not categorized in California as a serious crime. So uh, a serious crime in California law would make human trafficking a strike under the three strikes law. And that designation has been fought against, actually, for quite a while. But last week, uh, Senate Bill 14, as it's called, actually passed through the Senate committee that was looking at it five to nothing with bipartisan support. And this is really good news. So tell us, uh, Dave, where this goes next and what people can do to follow it and to help. Yeah. So what I've been told is that it goes to the Appropriations Committee next and um and basically, that's a committee that's going to review it. I'm not sure exactly what they look for. Three of the senators that were part of the Public Safety Committee are on this committee. And it looks like there's seven senators on this committee. So it has to pass this one as well, too. And just like the Safety Committee, people do not expect anybody to call in for these. Okay. If people call in... Um, even in small numbers, it makes a huge wave. And the awareness is huge, especially if they say they're from Los Angeles and they're a concerned you know, citizen here in L.A. about this issue and they want human trafficking to be a serious felony. Um, the audience can simply call in on the day they're doing this and you say your name and you say you're behind the bill and what city you're from. Now, do we, is, this, is this scheduled at this period of time? Not yet. It's going to get scheduled. So um, you can always go to Senator Grove's website. She will be posting information regularly on it. And uh, she's at grove.cssrc.us. All right. That's State Senator Shannon Grove. Yep. So maybe you could post it um, on one of your links. And I can even give you the link to the appropriations website. That's where they list the phone number to call in. You can even click on there and set it, send a letter of support. Okay, so what I will make sure that we do is I'll put that on uh, our our links here, my personal links, uh, and uh, anywhere else I can place it. You can find uh, me on social media, Scott Furrow, and, uh, we'll, and we'll do that and make sure that we're keeping track of it. And you just said something, it's just as simple as calling in and saying, oh, here's my name, this is where I'm from, and uh, I support this bill. It's huge. It makes shockwaves. Right, so you don't yeah, have to call in simple. to make an argument. You don't have to call in and be Zero. eloquent. No, you're not allowed to say anything else. Yeah. They won't allow you to say anything else. Yeah. It makes a difference, right? Because what I try to tell people is that, number one, I think that our state senators and assembly people in uh, the state house in Sacramento, they barely know what's going on anyway. Um, and there are certain agendas going on. and But their biggest agenda is to get reelected. And when they start hearing from you, it threatens that possibility of reelection. Yes. And I think especially with this bill, too, because it's, Again, this should not be a left or right issue. That's These right. are kids. It's human trafficking. Uh, that's why I think we saw some bipartisan support, but um, it still may be an uphill battle, just philosophically with some. So if I think if they hear the general population starting to rise up on this issue, it puts tremendous pressure. And if we can't rally behind this, then what could we rally? That's behind? right. That's right. So remember that, everybody. It's just as simple as calling a number on the right day, and we'll give you that information. And you just say your name, where you're from, and that you support the bill. That's it. And it makes a huge difference. It already got it through the first committee that it's failed in uh, at least, I think, two years in a row. It's failed, if I remember correctly. Uh, maybe longer than that. 
I know last year for sure. I know there's been a history with it. So it's yeah. uh, it's an important year. Yeah. And Dave, before you go, tell us about Zoe International and the work that Zoe International is doing and how people can connect with you there. Yeah, I would encourage them to go to gozoe.org, G-O-Z-O-E.org. That's our website, and it'll link you to the work we do here, as well as Thailand, Mexico, Australia, Japan. And, uh, you know, we, it, you know, our motto is reaching every person, rescuing every child. And a lot of people say, are you discouraged in this work? And we say no, because we are seeing too much hope. We see life change. We're seeing kids' lives turned around. You know, Jesus is the master healer. And he's been transforming lives for years, and we've seen it for two decades. So we're motivated. We love being in it. And we believe we can really end uh, trafficking. And it's a bigger issue than just one child at a time. That's why there's, you know, I love the fact that you've got this faith audience. We partner with churches everywhere we go. In Thailand, we have over 70 church partners wow. out there that we connect with. So. You know, that's that's the thing. That's the if we can connect people to the one who brings life and healing, then that's what makes the difference. Dave, uh, thank you for what you and everybody at Zoe International does. And thanks for being with us on the Pastor Scott Show. We're going to have you on soon again when uh, this uh, gets to its next step. That'd be great. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Uh, My guest is Dave Cox. He's from uh, Zoe International. You can find the website. It's gozoe.org, gozoe.org, gozoe.org. Check it out. And, uh, you know, as you've heard, our prayers and our phone calls and the things that you have been doing as uh, this audience and many people who are connected on this issue, it can make a difference. And here it is in child trafficking. Uh, We want to end child trafficking, and there's hope for that, and there's hope for these uh, children and uh, even adults who are being trafficked every single day in our country. Um, We will be back on the Pastor Scott Show. We'll take your calls, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The Pastor Scott Show will return as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. I'm pleased to say that the regulators have taken action to facilitate the sale of First Republic Bank and ensure that all depositors are protected and the taxpayers are not on the hook. That was President Biden today making an announcement about the failure and uh, uh, of First First Republic Bank, and uh, that's the third. Is that the third one or the fourth one? I think it's the third bank to fail this year. And uh, I don't know. This seems like this should be a bigger story. And, you know, I am i don't understand all the things in this industry, but I'm thinking when the banks are, are, are collapsing, I want to know what's more, right? I want to know, is my bank in trouble? Is the place where I have my uh, my accounts, are they in trouble? Is, you know, should I have a different place? Should I put my money in my mattress? What should I do? Um, and president, um, you know, it's a, it's a curious thing that is happening here. And there seems to be this attitude. It's like, well, there probably won't be too many. But then I heard somebody else say, well, there's probably about 12 more that we see coming. 12. (laughs) That's, I don't know. That just seems like a bad thing. Lots of warnings out there, but I don't know. Maybe it's not, uh, not all that serious. And any president's going to want to make sure that there's not a panic. I think that has to do with a lot of it. So, 
we will see. Certainly the economy is changing some, and uh, I don't know if it means there's going to be a recession, but I'm curious, you know, do these things um, – have these things made you actually make a change in how you're spending your money, right? Have these things – the the statements about a recession coming, uh, Zero Hedge put out today, 67% chance of recession – um, have you already made a change in how you spend your money? Gas is up over $5 a gallon most places here in Southern California. It's uh, it's a difficult time, and um, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I think we have to get prepared. You know, recessions happen, right? It's an, it's just part of uh, the the way it goes, and I think it's always better to be prepared my bigger concern is the national debt. President Biden, you know, had this to say about the uh, deficit. In my first two years, we cut the deficit $1.7 billion. Into trillion, trillion, trillion dollars. Not billion, trillion dollars in less than two years. Uh, you know what? That statement is a, an interesting statement because it's both true and false at the same time. Uh, the deficit is $1.7 trillion less. But it's only because we don't have the COVID spending anymore. Actually, the deficit is almost twice as what it was uh, in 2019, and it has been going up every year. We are spending ourselves uh, into oblivion. The national debt, if you go to the uh, debt clock, you can you can find that on the web. It's called Debt Clock, and uh, it is a, it's a website that shows you all the different kinds of debt that exist and it also includes personal debt, like debt you might have in credit cards and debt you might have in different places. And, you know, it's going to make you think about what kind of condition we're in. Can I make this statement about the uh, the national debt? You know the difference between debt and deficit, right? The deficit is every year how much money we're falling short. Uh, the debt is the overall debt. So the president is talking about how he is reducing the deficit. And it's true, we're not spending as much as we did during the COVID years, where it was outrageously, you know, we, and we had to. That's how, that's how people feel, right, that we needed to spend all that money. Okay, so uh, in 2019, the national debt, the deficit, sorry, not the national debt, the deficit was less than a trillion dollars, $983 billion, 2019. In 2020, it went to over $3 trillion. And that's because of all the shutdowns and then all of the money that was spent in those different kinds of loans that people can get. Remember all the paychecks that you suddenly got in the mail and all of that money that was handed out and all the purchasing of and the financing of the vaccines and all the different things that was done. Trillions and trillions of dollars. Most people at the time felt like that was necessary. Well, we're not spending that anymore. 2021, it came down to uh, uh to two trillion seven hundred thousand, and at the end of twenty twenty two, the national debt or the deficit. I'm sorry, the deficit is one trillion three hundred seventy five thousand. That's the number that President Biden is boasting about. He's boasting that in that he has lowered the the deficit from three point one trillion to one point four trillion, and that's where he's getting those numbers. And that is true, except when you take a look at it. Without the COVID spending, where we were before COVID was less than a trillion dollars. So we're actually right now, our national deficit, the deficit, the budget deficit, federal budget deficit is $400 billion more than it was in 2019. And incidentally, in 2019, it was the highest it had been in quite a while. 
It was almost a trillion dollars in 2018. It was 779 billion, 2016, 584 billion. And uh, it's kind of gone up and down. Uh, 2009, when we had the last crisis, it went up to a trillion and a half. Remember that? The, uh, the Great Recession, we called it. And I think now, what do we call it? We just call it the Global Economic Crisis, which I think is definitely true. It definitely is global. There's something about it that says to me, when we say it's global, like we've been saying that about inflation, well, it's a global problem. Well, you know, when we say it's global, it sort of takes accountability off of our leaders. I don't like that because I think they need to take accountability. Can I give you a shocking statistic? And I tell you what, every time I say this, I have to break out the calculator and make sure that I'm not making it up. But this is correct. I'm going to talk to you about the national debt. So this is all the deficits combined, how much we owe as a country just in the federal budget area. This doesn't even include state debt or your personal debt or your city's debt. There's a lot of debt. If you were to spend $42 million every single day, what would you buy? What would you buy for $42 million every day? Wilbert, what would you buy every day if you had $42 million? How would you spend it? you got to spend it. It's hard to spend $42 billion, probably not if you're the federal government, but if you, it's still a lot. $42 million every day. Listen to this. If you spent $42 million every single day since the birth of Jesus Christ, you still will not have spent the national debt. The national debt is running up on almost $32 trillion with a T, $32 trillion dollars. If you spent $42 million every day for the last 2022 years and uh, three months, you still will not have spent the national debt. Now, you might be saying, well, Jesus might have been born, you know, a few years before. Let me tell you something. I left room for that. I left room in case Jesus was born in like negative four, you know, or negative seven. That's what, it's not even $42 million won't even get you to the national debt. There's plenty of room for discrepancies in whenever the actual year was Jesus was born. The point is that if you spent $42 million every single day since the time of Jesus's birth, you still will not have spent as much as our current national debt is. Can you even wrap your mind around that? This is a major disaster. And what's happening in Washington is we're playing games with the numbers. We're saying, oh, we've reduced the deficit in my term for, you know, $1.7 trillion. It's true, but you're failing to say two things. You're failing to say that mostly that's because we're not doing the COVID spending anymore. And you're also failing to say that actually the deficit has been steamrolling and the national debt has been growing in huge numbers every single year, especially in the last 20 years. It's a nightmare. It is a disaster. And our representatives, both parties, they're not really doing anything about it. You know, we're going to have this argument about the the debt ceiling and all of that. And I'm grateful that the Congress right now is at least trying to have some kind of uh, reduction in the deficit and in spending. I found this chart, and it's from an organization on economic research. Uh, It's called FRED. And... uh, It shows the national debt for the last 120 years, since 1901, the deficit since 1901, federal surplus or debt. And what's interesting is right at zero is a line that barely changes. It kind of goes up and down the line in a zigzag all up until about 1939. And then you have World War II and you've got a little bit of national debt, but then you get out of the war and now we have a surplus for a while. But what's really interesting is from 1901 all the way to about 1973, That chart, it's all on the same line. It doesn't change. 
it's we we seem to be more fiscally balanced. But about 1973, the deficits start to grow, and they grow, and they take some big steps all the way till about 1983, 1984, kind of levels off, gets a little bit better, then it drops again, 1991. And the deficit, by the way, back then, 1991, was only $269 billion, which is still a lot. And $1991, I'm sure that that, you know, if you take for inflation, maybe that's closer to, to um, where we are today, but not in the same sense as the budget, because the budget is also increasing. And then you had this moment in the 90s. Remember, we used to say balanced budget amendment. That was a big thing. That was a pretty big thing for conservatives. Uh, Newt Gingrich and the contract with America, you go to uh, you go and uh, one of the thing was balanced budget. They didn't actually uh, do a balanced budget amendment, but the Congress passed a balanced budget. President Clinton signed it and uh, we actually had a surplus in 2000. But then right after 9-11, I think we kind of went nuts after 9-11. We got the war on terror. That's some of the spending, but it's actually very little of the spending. It has been exponentially growing every year since then. It's out of control. This has got to change, my friends. It's a place we got to pray for our country. It's a place that we've got to realize that, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of conversation, but both sides are spending money in a way where there's not accountability. And it's not their money, it's your money, right? It's your grandkids' money. I think this is a a really big deal. We're running out of time. David, I see your call. I'd like to take it, but we're just about out of time here for today. And uh, we'll come back to the subject because I think it it matters greatly. Hey, if you are a pastor or you know a pastor or you go to church where there is a pastor, I want to invite you to the KKLA Pastors Appreciation Breakfast. It's coming up on May 10th, and you can go to kkla.com to sign up for that. And if you're a pastor, I want to personally invite you. I'm going to be there. Our guest speaker is... Pastor uh, uh, and uh, Bishop Kenneth Ulmer. And, uh, there he is, Bishop Ulmer. He's great, and he's going to encourage us, and uh, we're going to have an opportunity to, to encourage each other and be there. It's at Porter. Uh, it's at uh, Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. It's in the San Fernando Valley. Go to kkla.com right now to sign up for it. It's for free. Everything's free, but we do need you to RSVP right away so we know how many breakfasts to make. Bring your church staff. Bring your pastor. Send that link to your pastor so they know to sign up for it. kkla.com. Just click on the pastor's breakfast link. All right. Thank you, everybody. Good show. Pastor Scott show tomorrow from three to five. I'll see you there. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.